You're listening to the Candid Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Pardee. I'm a spiritual life and business mentor, helping you create a life of freedom and purpose. On this podcast, we chat all things mindset, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. My job is to teach you how to believe in yourself, connect to yourself spiritually, and go after your big dreams. Girl, let's do the damn thing. Hello, and welcome back to the Canon Confidence Podcast. Today's episode is a vulnerable one. It's one that, you know, I'm a little nervous to record. I feel like I say that a lot, but I want to be real with you guys. You know, I want to share with you the things that I am afraid of and the vulnerabilities that I do have and the insecurities. I think it's so important that I share that with you and not just the good things and the lessons I've totally learned and all of that. So Really excited for today. We're going to talk all about navigating spirituality and becoming your own guru. What that really means, how to lean on our intuition and our heart rather than looking for, you know, guidance from others. And I'll give you a special journaling prompt at the end of the episode too. So before we dive in, I have to tell you guys about Soul Escape Sedona. If you haven't heard, this is my five night spiritual retreat coming up in September and we are going to do it's a mindfulness and breathwork retreat so every single morning we're going to be doing breathwork and a guided meditation to follow throughout the day there's going to be a lot of solo time so this is really this is a mindfulness retreat the idea is limited time connected to cell phones and social media we have a pool in the backyard of our super secluded property in sedona we can walk to a creek we can walk to hiking trails So everything is right there, but the idea is to spend the time, you know, being fully just with yourself and observing nature and just being versus feeling the need to be doing and, you know, being on the cell phone and all of that. So that's kind of what I'm going to be encouraging throughout the retreat. Um, I'm going to be guiding meditations three times a day that you're welcome to join me with. We're going to do a guided meditation before bed every night. We have a private chef. And her and I just created the menu this week. So things are getting finalized. I booked my flight. I am so freaking pumped for this trip and to see who all is going to be joining me. It's going to be such a magical experience. You're going to walk away with more of a mindset of mindfulness, of just being allowing yourself just to be and feeling worthy just for being. That's what I want people to walk away from this experience with. And of course, doing breath work every morning um, is going to crack you open a bit. It's going to open up your heart. There's probably things you're going to release and shifts that are going to come from that. And I'm just so excited to see what those shifts are and what the transformation are for people that join us. So if you are interested in this, dreaming about this, this is calling to you. I know there's often fear when it comes to choosing you. I feel the same way. You know, when I make a decision that um, I'm, you know, choosing to spend money on myself, we can feel as people pleasers and maybe growing up kind of feeling like we should be a martyr and put everybody else's needs first. You guys know what I'm talking about. But I encourage you to look inside of your heart, see if this is something that you need for your growth. And if so, choose you, let yourself choose you. So the no, um, the link and everything is in the show notes for more info. And you can always reach out to me with questions as well. And yeah, let's dive into the show. So the first thing I want to share with you guys 
is what I did earlier this week for the first time ever in my life, something I don't really think I ever thought I would do, but I went to a Buddhist meditation center here in Pittsburgh and meditated with some monks and learned from them. It was it was really beautiful. It was not what I was expecting at all. I invited my friend. I was like, "Yeah, we're just going to go meditate like in silence at this at this center." And it wasn't quite like that at all. It was very much like there was chanting in Sanskrit. There was um, like a long guided meditation and like a, um, a talk. And yeah, but it was such a good experience. I definitely want to go back. It was two hours long. So it was it was pretty interesting. But I was nervous to go. And of course, it can be nerve wracking to go to a new church or to a new experience doing something different. Like, of course. But the main reason I was afraid to go is I worry what people are going to think, you know, I feel like I grew up just feeling like I was supposed to be a good little Christian. I was supposed to believe in God and other religions kind of freaked me out to be super honest, right? Because that's kind of what religion in my interpretation often teaches. It, it kind of encourages us to be freaked out by other religions so that we only observe our own religion, right? So I felt like, um, it would be dangerous to explore other religions because God could get mad. That's how I felt until just a couple years ago. So I, you know, um, totally understand like feeling that way for anyone who is still nervous to explore other religions or to explore spirituality. And when I, when I say spirituality, like I, some people may not know what that is, but, but my um, definition of that is guidance from within. Guidance from within, opening up your own heart, looking inside, learning to listen to your own inner wisdom. That's to me spirituality, whereas religion involves kind of a set of rules, a very structured set of ways to be. And so anyways, when I got home from the Buddhist center, you know, of course, my husband had some questions and I was telling him about my experience. And he said to me, is that something that a Christian should do? Go to a place like that? He was a little bit concerned because, of course, we are raised with the fear. Him and I both were raised with kind of the fear of, of going against God, of God being mad, of us doing it wrong. That's a big thing that I have always felt with religion. I've always worried that I'm doing it wrong, right? And I'm praying wrong or I'm, I'm being too selfish or whatever. I'm not doing it right. So yeah, you know, I, I kind of explained to him how I feel about it. I, I don't think that God would get mad. Um, I also just don't really feel personally like that there's necessarily a man in the sky who's getting mad at people on earth. Like I just don't see it that way anymore. That's how I used to see it. I see it more as like, I mean, I, who knows, right? I don't know, but it feels to me more like, a magical mystical force that is the universe that is the space between form that is you know the the divine intelligence that's running this planet in this in this entire universe so yeah i don't really um feel as if there's a, a guy getting mad at me based on my decisions but instead i'm kind of learning to tune inward and say, well, what does it feel like in my own heart, right? Because people have all sorts of religions and they all obviously feel that theirs is correct, 
the other ones are not correct and we should only listen to our own, right? And and that sort of thing. So it becomes difficult to me to really buy into one of them, especially when they many of them are very, 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 very similar. The teachings of, of Buddha and Jesus are incredibly similar. Um, and, you know, I was talking to my mom about all of this and she was like, yeah, um, did you ever notice in the Christian Bible you know, Jesus's youth is never discussed. And it's like, yeah, I always wondered where he was until like age 30. Like, how did he grow up? What was he doing? You know, um, and, and there's no proof of this, right? It's very difficult to prove this. But she said that there's a lot of theories, a lot of historical um, and religious experts believe that Jesus was actually studying Buddhism and was, you know, in, in the um, in India or in, in the region surrounding India, the surrounding countries, studying Buddhism because his teachings were so and are so similar to it. And I thought, wow, that's so interesting. So I was looking it up and yeah, um, of course, there's no solid proof of that. But it, you know, it's sure it can make sense. You know, things like karma are in pretty much every religion has karma. I don't know if, I don't think we call it karma in Christianity, but it's um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you or what comes around goes around or however it's phrased in the Bible. Um, yeah, so it's, it's so interesting that they're so similar yet we can be raised with such a fear of exploring the other ones. And that's where I feel like religion can have some control and I don't think that like the average priest, you know, is trying to control people, but I think that it's just passed down, right? We've been passed down this idea of controlling people and getting people to do the things that we want them to do. And rather than giving people freedom, we, we try to, to get them to do the thing that we feel is best for them. And, you know, I wasn't raised in a home where like we were Christians, we went to church, we were super involved in the church. But my mom wasn't like against other religions. Like she's pretty spiritual and open-minded and everything like that. But my friends growing up had parents that, some of them had parents that were super, super strict Christian. And so there was a lot of, like I remember this one time, I, I went to my best friend's house, probably in middle school. And she had a book that her mom had given her. And it was all about how masturbation is a sin. And so she asked me, she was like, well, you don't do it, do you? And I said, of course not. But I did. <laughs> um, so that sort of thing. You know, some people obviously believe that masturbation is a sin. Um, I personally don't. That doesn't register with me. So, I mean, it's all for me, it's all about going within. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I could line up like, 20 Christians that I know, and they're probably all living life a little bit differently, believing a little bit differently. You know, we all pick certain things out of the Bible that we really prescribe to and other things we completely ignore. And we say, oh, well, that's just the Old Testament. Well, <laughs> we're just kind of picking and choosing anyways, but we don't like to discuss that part of it because that makes us feel bad, like we're doing it wrong. And I felt like when I went to the Buddhist center, I did worry that I was doing it wrong too. You know, there were some rules like we don't, we have to take our shoes off. We don't want to show the soles of our feet to the, to the monks. So like, I was like worrying about my feet and, you know, so of course there's rules in every religion. That's what religion is. It's a structured set of rules of how to be. Um, and I think that's why for me, 
I'm more interested in spirituality and kind of going inward and asking for guidance from God and seeing what comes up and allowing that to come up and exploring different religions and taking wisdom from each of them. But there's also a lot of fear around being quote too spiritual. Um, I was giving like a guest speech inside of a woman's um, she has like an astrology group online and I was giving a, a talk in there about confidence. And one thing that they asked was what about um, people in your life thinking it's weird to be spiritual, you know, to be into astrology and all of that. And I said, well, I don't know how to handle that because I still feel that way. <laughs> I honestly do. Um, it's getting less and less and less and less and less. But for a long time, I didn't talk about certain spiritual things on, on Instagram, for example, because my friends and family watch my Instagram stories and I was afraid of what they would think, especially knowing many of them are Christian. Many of them are feeling, you know, probably just protective that they don't want you to go into the dark side and explore these crazy things. Um, yeah. So I used to kind of think that someone was, I would like decide someone was super spiritual based on like how they dress, like they dress like a hippie and they have maybe certain tattoos and they use tarot cards. That's not, that has nothing to do with spirituality, right? Spirituality is how spiritual someone is, is how conscious they are, how aware they are, how connected, right? So it's just interesting that we have this idea of, of yeah, <laughs> but I definitely have felt the fear and still do feel the fear of, do people think this is weird? You know, do people think I'm weird? Um, when I was first on Instagram, like, I mean, it was probably like eight months in or so, I found out that like a friend's husband, like referred to my coach and her, you know, I was going to Toronto for a mastermind with my coach. Um, and he referred to, he was like, oh, she's going up there like to see the witches or whatever, referred to them as witches. And I was like super offended because obviously that's like used in a negative way. Right. And most people that I know in, in real life do think witches is a bad thing. And so it was like, I was like, oh, people are judging me. People are think this is weird. Maybe I shouldn't talk about manifestation. People are going to think I'm crazy. But eventually through practice of putting myself out there, talking about spirituality, being open with who I really am and feeling the discomfort and feeling the embarrassment and letting it pass. That's how I grew through this. That's how I came to be more real online. That's how I came to be more myself. And it's a journey that I'm still on. I'm still not truly, truly, truly myself um, online in a lot of ways. I mean, I guess that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but there's still certain things where I, I find myself holding back. Okay. I find myself holding back talking about certain things because I'm, I do worry people are going to think, I don't want people to think I'm weird. You know, um, and now when I go places to like a wedding or, you know, a baby shower or whatever, I'm seeing people that I hardly ever see that I've known for years. I, I just feel like most of them, most of them do absorb my content. They look at my Instagram stories, they see my posts, and that's how they know me now. And so it feels like my life just feels so open and out there. So it can feel it can feel scary to share the more vulnerable parts of me online. And that's a very real thing. And if you are on the online business journey, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is such a big part of what I work on with my clients, even ones who don't have a spiritual necessary business. 
um, who don't necessarily talk about spirituality, but the fear of putting yourself out there is enough. The fear of putting your opinions out there, just putting your face out there, right? This is a huge part of what I, I guide my clients through um, is, is navigating that fear and just moving through it, feeling through it because it's normal. We, we humans very much, we're very social creatures. We very much need acceptance. We need people to accept us because our body tells us that's how I will survive, right? Um, and it is how we survive. We, we really need humans to, to like us and accept us. But we fear that people are just going to totally ostracize us and we're going to be this outcast when really that's not true. I mean, we, we have so much opportunity now to find new friends, right? Find other people who are open-minded, expand our horizons. One thing that I've done in the past year is I've used Bumble BFF. It's an app. It's like the dating app Bumble, except it's Bumble BFF. You find friends. And I met a few awesome girls on there. And yeah, those are some of my friends now. And like, I used to be so embarrassed to talk about that because I was like, oh my God, on my people are going to think I'm weird that I don't have any friends, you know, but I um, just wanted to expand my group. I wanted to meet new people. And it can be really hard to do that at, at my age. And I'm sure you can relate to that as well, you know? So yeah, if you have never, if you're feeling lonely, if you're wishing you had a bigger circle, if you want to find friends who are quote, like you in certain ways or that you have similarities to, um, yeah, go on Bumble BFF. You can meet some cool people. There's so much opportunity. And I know some places in the world, there's still lockdowns in place. I know that there's not um, as much freedom in, in a lot of countries right now. So, um, but hopefully soon things seem to be trending in the right direction. You can get out there and meet some new people. One thing that I am nervous to talk about too is being a vegetarian. So I became a vegetarian 10 years ago or so, maybe 11 years ago when I went to college and I did it for about a year. And why I stopped was simply what other people thought was throwing me off. Like I just couldn't handle um, people making comments and making fun of me and judging me for it. And people tend to get really, really defensive. When you talk about being a vegetarian, people get like pissed, which is interesting. And I, I would encourage, actually, I've been triggered over the years with it. Um, and I would find myself annoyed when someone was talking about it or feeling like triggered about it. And that means we need to go inward, right? When people trigger us, it means we have an inner wound or something we're not addressing. And um, it can that's why things trigger us, right? So a lot of people seem to be triggered by other people being a vegetarian. I don't know, really know why they would care, but they do. And then it, um, it feels like I don't wanna be an inconvenience to people. You know, I often go to friends' houses for dinner or my mother-in-law's house or different places. And I don't want people to feel like, oh, she's a good vegetarian. I have to make something special or, or, um, yeah, that's how I feel, honestly. So anyways, about a year, about a year and a half ago, to be really super honest, and this is just me taking things to a whole new level of vulnerability, but a year and a half ago, I did my first journey with plant medicine, which is, um, a reference to psychedelics. <laughs> And 
that type of um, tool really expands and opens your mind. And it does really help you go inward too. I feel that when I do a plant medicine journey, I'm, I'm open up to who I really am. I'm, I'm just, it's just so, I can't even explain it. It's hard to explain, but it really opens me up to things, um, different ways of thinking. I really start to notice my insecurities, my limiting beliefs, my blocks. Um, yeah, I just start to notice all these ways I'm hiding my true self. And that's been a big part of my growth even just recently. But the first time I ever did it was about a year and a half ago. And I started kind of developing a, um, what do you call it? Like an aversion to meat? Is that the word? Like I started just being a little bit grossed out by meat. And I I've literally my whole life have not been a super fan of meat. Like as a child, I grew up mostly vegetarian in my household. My mom is a vegetarian. Um, we ate some meat when I was a kid, but you've always had an interest in that lifestyle. When I went to college, I committed to it and then I gave it up, whatever, because I wanted to be part of the crowd, you know, one of the cool kids, whatever. So anyways, I started developing this aversion to meat and started diving into learning about plant-based um, lifestyle, eating plant-based, eating vegan, whatever. And in June of last year, so about a year ago, I became like maybe 85% vegan. At home, I eat vegan, right? Occasionally I'll eat things that, um, like I'll use an egg for cooking or I'll eat like mayo or whatever. But at home, I'm not eating meat, right? Um, and not eating many animal products. But when I go out and go to dinner and lunch and friends' houses, I have a very hard time making the vegan choices because I don't want to be judged. Like if I'm being super honest, that's how I feel. Or like sometimes it feels restrictive. It is restrictive, right? And I live in Western Pennsylvania. It's not exactly the vegan capital of the world. I don't live in LA where there's vegan options at every restaurant. I don't live in a city like that. I live in a very blue collar city, um, not very advanced. There's just... Yeah, it's it's not quite like living in a city where there's a lot of options like that. So that comes to be an issue too. And so I've struggled with it over the past year, but I've been okay with how it was. But recently I've been feeling more and more like I don't want to eat meat anymore. I don't want to settle for doing things that my body doesn't want because it's convenient for other people or it makes other people comfortable or it makes me more comfortable because I'm worried about judgment. And that's what it honestly feels like. Another part of it is, you know, I, I know how the ego works. The ego wants to identify with things. That's why we look for a religion, partially, because we want to identify with something. We want to be part of a specific crowd. We wanna have a certain way that we dress. We wanna know exactly who we are. And we almost want someone else to tell us who we are, to give us permission to be who we are, right? So, um, I, I felt like, well, am I just trying to be a vegan because a lot of other spiritual people do it? Am I doing it because, um, yeah, like I don't want to do it for those reasons. I wanted to make sure this was coming from me. But more and more, I'm feeling like this is what I feel called to do internally. And I know that there's a lot of fear on top of it that's blocking me from doing what I really want to do. So, yeah, um, Whew, so many things to unpack here, but I guess it just all comes down to asking myself, who would I be and what choices would I make if I truly didn't care what other people thought? And little by little by little over the past two and a half years that I've been using this online platform to teach, 
I've been asking myself that question and peeling back the layers, peeling back the layers that have prevented me from being who I am. And I've become more and more and more real, but there's more to it. You know, it's a, it's a journey. So here's how I kind of go about leaning on intuition and asking for spiritual guidance. So growing up, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like God was ever going to give me a sign. I didn't feel like God was ever going to talk to me or give me guidance. That only happened to people in the Bible. And most of the people that I was around would have, and still am around in real life, would think I was batshit crazy for saying, oh, well, God told me to do this. Like when I was quitting my full-time job to do this full, to do this full-time, I said to my husband, no, God told me it's time because I a thousand percent believe it. I, I still believe that that's what happened. God told me. And he's like, okay, like what? Like, <laughs> right. Because in the Christian way that I was raised and he was raised and most people that I know are raised, God isn't just giving you signs and reaching out and telling you things. Uh, that's for people in the Bible. That's for special people. All through the Bible, that's what the Bible is, is people talking to God, but those were special people. It couldn't happen to me or that's weird, right? So I, when I started exploring spirituality and intuition, I started learning um, how to tune into spiritual guidance. And I started understanding that it's okay to ask God for help. I thought that help, asking God for help was for other people. Like I should pray for the needy, the sick, right? not myself and my like petty first world problems, but what if God is, what if God's guidance is more available than we think? And I've learned that for me, it, it does feel that way. So I do ask God for guidance and I do receive signs and I receive, um, I receive guidance from God. I do. So here's like one way that I like to do that is in my journal. I like to pray in my journal. I'll just write God and you can write universe, angels, spirit guides, whatever feels good to you. I know the word God um, can turn people off. I know that some people are not comfortable with that word because we do tend to associate it with religion sometimes. And we may have God wounds, religious wounds. Maybe we were um, rejected by our family based on religion and things like that. I see the word God as, as um, equal to the universe and source and higher power. So whatever you're comfortable with. But I basically will write, um, you know, hey, God, <laughs> um, it's me, Leah. And, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. Or how might I find the answer to X, Y, Z? How might I overcome X, Y, Z? How might I believe in myself more? How might I be more real on the internet, right? I'm just asking for guidance for things that I need help with. Um, what decision should I make about X, Y, Z? So I'm writing things like that out and then I'm saying, thank you, amen. And I'm letting the guidance come. I'm not forcing it. I'm not waiting around for it. I'm not expecting it to come at a certain time, but I just know when it does and I've been practicing this. So if this calls to you, I encourage you to practice it. You can ask for a sign, you can ask for a specific sign, whatever feels good, but things will come to you when you start to ask for guidance in this way. And you can do it praying. Sometimes I just pray out loud or in my head, um, but sometimes I do it in the journal and I, I really do enjoy that as well. So I have a um, journaling prompt for you. And this is what it is. So ask yourself, what things are you doing because of other people. So making a list of who are you expected to be by society, 
by family and friends, by your boss, by whoever. So asking yourself what things you're doing because of other people and making a list of the ways that, of who are you expected to be. Make a big list, like write these things out. Give yourself like 20 minutes with this journaling prompt to really dive in and, and dish all of this out. And then I want you to look at that list and ask yourself, which, which of those things truly feel good inside and which things don't? And I know when you're new to intuition, it can be really confusing. And it's like, how do I know what feels good inside? But we want to tune into our body. That's where our intuition lies. That's where our spiritual guidance lies. Our mind, the one that's thinking, giving us self-doubt, giving us all these like, you know, negative things to hold us back. Um, that chatterbox in our mind is our, is our mind, our ego. So we don't want to look there. We don't want to see what thoughts pop up for guidance. We want to tune into our body so it can help to take a few deep breaths, get yourself almost into a meditative state, let go of the thinking mind. And like, I like to put my hands on my heart and ask myself, like, what would feel good right now? And maybe, maybe say a few, you know, if you're questioning making a decision, you can ask yourself what decision you want to make, or do I want to go on this trip? Or do I want to, um, make this career move, and then just feel what happens in your body. There might be tightening, constricting. That would say, like, that would be a sign that no, it doesn't feel good. If it feels expansive, underneath the fear, underneath the self-doubt, does it feel expansive? It should, for me, it feels like fluttering in my heart when it's a yes. It can just feel my heart opening and fluttering. That's how I know it's a yes. So that's kind of how I go about tuning into intuition. Now, I know this can be so daunting. If you're new to this, you might be like, okay, that feels so like out there for me because I'm so overthinking all the time, right? This is how I was before I started meditating regularly, just constant overthinking. Um, it feels really difficult to differentiate between what it's like, what the hell is my intuition and what the hell is other people's ideas that are in my head and the thinking part of my head. So if that's you, I encourage you to join a breathwork session because a big part of the way that I guide breathwork is getting into your body. It's getting out of your head and into your body so you can tune in to how you're feeling in there. So it's, it's, it's how I guide my breathwork sessions and yeah, I'd love to have you join us. So if you want to join a group session, I'll leave the links in the show notes for groups and for private sessions. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a great way to learn to kind of go inward. And also, if you have been like trying to meditate on your own and it's feeling really difficult, breathwork helps you ease into meditation. So we do breathwork, which is basically an active meditation. We're just breathing in certain patterns in my sessions. And then we go into a guided meditation and you go deeper because breathwork shuts off the default mode network of the brain. It's the part of the brain that is the overthinking chatterbox. So if breathwork, I mean, if meditation has been hard for you, Give breathwork a try. It's a great way to ease into meditation. Um, yeah, so in regards to becoming your own guru, this is like my true goal for you in my audience, for my clients. I want you to become your own guru. I want you to start to lean inward rather than looking for permission from others. 
rather than looking for a set of rules of the way other people are doing it. And um, yeah, that's basically what I wanted to chat about today. I hope that this episode resonated with you. If so, please go ahead and take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, tag me in it. I'm candid.confidence on Instagram. Come say hi. Uh, Yeah. And I just hope that if you have any questions, if you have any questions about accessing your intuition, if you have any stories to tell me about um, any like God trauma that you might have or any like fears around spirituality, reach out and let's just have an open conversation about it. I'm so here for it. I love you guys so, so, so much, and I will see you next week.